Okay. We are live. Welcome to Fans of the Forge live stream edition. Yeah. I'm Chris. To my right, we have Teresa. To my left, we have it is Sean. Sean and calling in via Skype, we have a special guest today. It is the Knife or Death Season 3 Grand Champion, Dan Weston. Yeah. What's going on, man? Well, we've um, we've been big fans of Knife or Death since it came out, and we also had heard about you going into this competition from a family member. Oh yeah! So uh, mm-hmm. your your cousin there is a good friend of ours, Josh Weston. Yep. And um, we we saw some of the posts he was doing leading up to that season where he you guys were working on making the Panabas for that episode. Yeah, it was awesome. It worked out great. When uh, he competed on Knife or Death, as soon as he got done with the show, he, he got a hold of me and was like, dude, you're built for this. You, you need to make you a weapon. I know exactly what we're going to build you, and let's do it. So um, it was awesome, yeah. Couldn't have done it without Josh, that's for sure. So speaking of Josh, I uh, happened to message him a little earlier today. Yeah. And yeah. say, hey, is there anything um, we should talk about on the show with your cousin? And he did have one question um, he said I should ask you. So let me pull that up here quick. Um, it had to do about, did you feel safe forging and grinding in Andy Alm's shop? Oh, Andy Alm's shop is pretty rough. <laughs> uh, we got through it. I mean, I, I'm pretty adventurous pretty hard to make me feel unsafe but <laughs> the best of it <laughs> like, he has a crazy way of doing things at Andy Olm but uh, he helped us out quite a bit too because uh, we were in crunch time when it, I finally got notified that I was going to be on the show I had to make a weapon and we knew what we wanted to build we just didn't really have the place to build it because we were all Josh was up home for the family reunion that was that following weekend and uh, we ended up going down to Pittsburgh to Andy Olm's place so that we could use his forge, his power hammer, and whatnot so that we could forge that out. But um, actually, turned out awesome. And we had got it heat treated, and uh, Andy helped us grind it. And it was awesome. It was cool to be a part of it, too, because I'm an amateur when it comes to building the weapons. You know, I can use them. I've been doing martial arts all my life, but um, building them is another whole nother another thing so oh yeah yeah we josh josh definitely uh showed me the ropes and we i helped him out it was cool running the hammer and helping out as where i could oh cool cool yeah yeah we know you know we have a little experience with working on blades ourselves and so it's cool to be a part of it when something like that such an awesome blade is being made yeah so, how about, uh, Teresa, do you want to start in with the sure. question? How long have you been cra- practicing karate? All right, so uh, May of 2001, I started uh, taking martial arts. Um, I played sports all my life, and uh, growing up, I was played football, and I just wanted something else to do. So, in May of 2001, I started. So, 18 years ago, I started doing karate, and uh, that's where I ended up meeting my wife. And we've been married 11 years now, Hillary. <laughs> and uh, now we own the school, and I definitely just got home 
few minutes ago um, teaching the kids karate and doing some testing and stuff for them. It was awesome. And uh, that's where I gained all of my experience and what really excelled me through the competition. Um, I, it's, I've been competing since I started. So for 18 years, I've been competing in martial arts. Uh, I knew going in there, I wasn't going to get the nerves. I wasn't going to be like all freaked out and uh, be intimidated by anybody or anything like that. That just doesn't happen anymore because I've been doing it for so long. So that was definitely a positive thing for me. And then uh, just being able to use my striking power, just like when I throw a punch or when I throw a kick, uh, doing it so long, I throw it different. When I throw, I, when I use my sword or when I use my blade, I use it right. Nice. At least, at least all of this martial arts got me something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how did you uh, get into blade sports? Um, honestly, it was uh, my cousin Josh. He, I really have never done anything like this ever in my life. Um, but through karate, I've used weapons and I've used, uh, we use uh, more so a thing called a kama, which is a, it's a, more of an agricultural tool that is a weapon that we use. So as far as using a sword, I didn't use too much of them through my martial arts, but uh, I used a bow or, or a staff, and uh, we did use a little bit of broadsword work and um, comma work. So as far as actually using a blade and actually hitting something, other than doing katas and forms and learning about the weapon, I haven't done really that too much. Um, it was kind of funny because when I got back in my karate school, I have some friends there, and they were we were talking about it after I had competing, and I couldn't tell them how I did. My one buddy says to me, he says, you know what, I think you won that fucking thing because <laughs> you are good at everything you do, no matter when you do it or what you do. And I was like, yeah, who knows, we'll see. And he was yeah. right. And it was just, I've never done it before. I knew I could do it, and I went out there, and I, uh, I really... It was a close competition, though, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Let's see here. So thinking with this one. Yeah, we did talk about that. All right, let's hop right into one of the episode questions here. Okay. Yeah. So, on your first appearance on yeah. Knife or Death, what would you consider to be the most difficult obstacle that you had to face there? Um, I didn't feel that anything in, uh, the, the first, and Knife Fight, I didn't really feel like there was much that was really too difficult. Um, Dead Run, the balls rolling down the, the, uh, the ramp, it was so tough to time. And then when I had to do it again in the, uh, the second time, the balls changed size, and I didn't know that. No. <laughs> that was crazy. Uh, so it just made it even more difficult. And then uh, also, the um, I didn't think it was going to be as hard as I thought until I did it, was uh, um, the watermelons and the cantaloupes coming down out of the... Free fall? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Free fall was... It, I don't know why I couldn't get that timing on that first one. I did a little bit better on the second one, I believe, but... I think I had in my mind that I could not hold my weapon underneath the tube as part of the rule. Right, mm-hmm. right. So, I, I, and I think it, it messed with my brain a little bit on how to really tackle it because I couldn't get 
the up. I should have gone more up after watching it, but I did actually. Uh, when I got back after the first round, when I got back, I set up that uh, and uh, the free fall and the what was the one with the ramp and the balls? Ball buster. Ball buster. Yeah. The ball buster. I set that up in the bathroom. <laughs> nice. And I had to lock it down because I couldn't let anybody else know that I, like, I was training for it. So I had to lock <laughs> down the back of the school and people were wondering what was going on. And it, it was kind of funny, you know. It was really cool. The kids there, they were loving it. They, they loved watching me go out there and do that. It was really cool. So did you think you would make it to the grand champion round? Um, I, was, I, I don't know if I would say I thought I would. I knew it was going to be tough because Dan Kepler, he was no joke. And once I realized who he was and what he has accomplished, I was like, oh, shit, I'm going up there against this. The, I'm going up there for against a real competitor here. And uh, so I, I would say I didn't really know if I was going to make it to the in the championship on um, or the championship show because of Dan Kepler being in my way. But when I went out there and I did that the night fight the first round and I just killed everybody I was kind of shocked and it made me it did boost my confidence a little bit going into dead run knowing that I had beaten so much in the first round cool um in your final dead run you were taking on another friend of the show spicy Mike Curley um did he bring any of his hot sauce with him did he maybe try to <laughs> throw you to, off like here try some of this right before you go out he didn't get me i wasn't gonna get that old fire ring from him. <laughs> so I, I he he did bring a bag of peppers but i wasn't gonna go there no not me maybe afterwards i would have but uh we didn't really get to see each other too much afterwards um that was a close run that was a really close yep. run too mm-hmm. So, comes down to penalties, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I was even faster than I had to have been a lot faster than him on the corrugated tubing because mm. he had more penalties than me. And uh, but I, that novice just went through the tubing with no problem. I was hitting him once or twice, and he has five, six, seven, eight times, and that takes up so much time. Oh yeah. So. When you find out you're going on Knife or Death, did you start doing any particular training program? Not, not really, because I've been doing martial arts all my life. So I, I only had the actual Panabas that um, Josh and I forged for four, day, four days. I had it, fr- no, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Three days, Friday, <laughs> Saturday, Sunday. I had to ship it out on Monday. So only had it actually three days to work with it. Wow. And I did a little like uh, uh, pool noodle work for my accuracy. I was drawing some lines on a pool noodle just to try to get my accuracy down and kind of my cutting angles down. But other than that, I didn't really have much time with it. So what ended up happening was my, my dad made like a, a replica, I guess you could call it. But it was four pounds heavier than the one that I had actually made. But in the end, it helped me because I was able to, when I got to Atlanta to compete, I picked it up and I was like, oh, God, this thing is so light because I, I did do some work with my dad's, the one that he made for me, and he just made it in his garage from scrap. And uh, 
I did some work on some trees and stuff just to get that grip strength, um, which I already have a pretty good grip strength, but I knew that that was going to be something that would fatigue, especially if I made it into later rounds. So. I, did, I guess I could say, yeah, I did do some work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, do you think you're going to continue with blade sports competitions now that you've gone through this? Um, I think if the opportunity came up, I might do it. Um, I really, I have so much going on with my karate school and I work full time. You know, my karate school is just something that we do as like, a, it's a passion of ours. We don't make money. We don't killing it. We're not making, becoming millionaires from my karate school. So I work full time and I don't really have a lot of time on the weekends. I work, I work at a casino, so it's busy on the weekends and <laughs> I don't really get weekends off and stuff, so it's it's really hard for me to travel. My wife ends up going with my son now that he's competing in martial arts, and I don't hardly get to see him anymore because I'm always tied up working. So, not to say that I wouldn't uh, take the opportunity to do it. I know that uh, here close to my home in Meadville, Pennsylvania, I think Dan Kepler was actually there within the last year or so, and uh, he competed in blade sports. So I know that it in the area so I had the right blade and was able to uh, have the opportunity I'm going to consider it yeah. yeah I don't know that they would allow the Panavis on that course probably not <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so um, we have been getting some comments on our uh, feed as we've been live here just going to do a quick go through uh josh chimed in with a hell yeah right up front <laughs> and uh shout out to ben fiery ice forge and then i think josh was referring to something in andy alm's shop when he said the wheel of death oh yeah he's got a freaking grinder that the, he has no guard he i don't know this <laughs> it is definitely not don't call osha on andy alm <laughs> go very well yeah, he, uh, it's just, it just throws sparks all over his face and his pants, and it's like, he's definitely a unique individual, that Andy Elm, but he is a hell of an artist and a hell of a maker, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. But uh, it's just a little shop in his garage, and he does a lot of cool work with it. So I've got a, got a cool story about knives. So... Every year we do, uh, well, this year is going to be a little little less, but we have our hunting camp. And uh, Josh and myself and a couple other cousins made a knife. I don't even know how long, many years ago it is now. Josh might be able to tell me. Um, probably six, five or six years ago we made a knife, and it's now our trophy. We shoot every year at hunting camp and closest to the bullseye with Grandpap's gun gets to keep the knife for the year and i've got it got it this year and it's got a two deer i just got my buck again this year <laughs> nice so this is a pretty cool uh pretty cool knife that uh, we made it's made out of a deer bone the handle is a deer uh, leg bone hmm. that we actually have found one year laying up in the mountains uh, the allegheny mountains of pennsylvania but really cool damascus knife that we made and uh it is now in the hands of a champion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very nice. That is, that is a pretty cool yeah, knife right pretty, there. Pretty cool knife. 
going to be in the family for a long time. It's that's that's the coolest part. It's going to tell a lot of stories. That's for sure. Yeah, that's a neat concept. Yeah. And then my my Penobis is sitting up there on the things on display all the time. He's a bad boy. Yeah. It's damage and uh, got I missed uh, got a little bit of my tip lost. Oh, but I lost a little bit of my tip here. And I don't know when that was. I didn't know it until I got that back. But uh, got a little bit of uh, chipping, and that was actually on the very first obstacle when I hit the cantaloupe. The bracket the cantaloupe were sitting in. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I got down off that stage, and I looked at it, and I was like, you've got <laughs> I think it did actually have a little bit of effect on the rope when in the uh, championship round, night fight, where I'm didn't get through the rope, and uh, Spice Mike didn't get through the rope, but um, other than that, I mean, this thing is just powerhouse. It was unbelievable what it was going through and how easy. I, it was funny when I was doing a, one of the exit interviews with uh, the show, I was going through it, and I was talking about how we made the perfect weapon, and it made the, it made the course easy, and then we're done, and the lady's like, did you just say that that was easy? <laughs> it probably doesn't sound that good, but yeah, it was kind of easy. <laughs> and then, then I went out there tonight, uh, dead run outside, and I was like, "Yeah, this is not easy." <laughs> I'm glad they didn't air that one. <laughs> but yeah, this is this thing is an absolute powerhouse. I need them to clean it up for me now. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind having one of those myself. Mm. Yeah, but someday. We've got a few of them. We made a few replicas of it. Um, we also made a, I think he's got a couple smaller ones too available. But uh, he's the one that's going to have to comment on that. Oh, yeah. Links well, and all that for it. But. Josh has been making some pretty cool stuff lately. Been yeah. watching. He's always making something cool. Yeah, and he's doing that Renaissance Fair now. He's got that dragon forge, the fire breathing dragon. Oh, dragon. yeah. Um, he's Spent a lot of time on it. It is cool as hell. Oh, we see you, Josh. He says he has a few left in in stock. So, <laughs> All right. yeah. if you guys want a Panabas, you know where to go. Find Josh Weston. Yeah. It'll clear, clear brush like none other, and go through pumpkins and anything else. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I was having some fun with the kids uh, right around the time that the. The season started up because we waited so long. It was kind of a weird way that they did it this year. But um, they were throwing up squash and stuff out in front of the karate school. And then by the end of it, they just kept throwing chunks and trying to hit little tiny grape-sized chunks. And <laughs> oh, it was fun. They were having a blast. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, I think that's it for our questions. Yeah. Awesome, guys. I appreciate you having me on. It's a really cool thing. So. Oh, we appreciate you coming yeah. on. This is the first interview we've done in a, while. a long time. <laughs> so um, it's it was nice to get back in the interviewing chair for yeah. once. And we appreciate your time. And thanks again. And um, say hello to your wife. I think, was she sitting right there before? Yeah, she was. She's sitting on the couch. She's, I think, having a bowl of ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> well, thanks again. And everybody, be sure, if you haven't already seen the episode, the last episode of Season 3 of Knife for Death, go watch that episode and see Dan win that grand championship. Yeah. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much. Oh, wait. We forgot one yeah. thing. What? 
Oh. What is your plan for the money that yeah. you won? Oh. <laughs> so, funny enough, um, I bought some camera equipment because I am a very big hunter, as you can see the buck in the background. Um, so, I bought some camera equipment because I want to start filming myself uh, hunting. And uh, I actually got it this year. My buck that I killed this year on archery, I, I actually got him on video. So, I spent a little bit of money there. And then uh, the next thing that I'm going to be doing is uh, probably in March, I'm taking the wife and the kiddo to Disney. Nice. We have nice. never stayed on a Disney resort, and that's something that my wife and I have always wanted to do. We're huge Disney fans, and now we have a five-year-old son, and he'll be six then, and it's perfect age for mm-hmm. me to experience that. So it's not going to be uh, a cheap date. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be worth it because... Uh, it's something we've all, the whole family wants to do. So That's awesome. That's nice. going to do, and then uh, pay bills. Great. Well, thanks again, Dan. And um, everybody, again, go follow Dan on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, what's your Instagram handle? Dweston86, but I do not have Facebook. No Facebook. That's fine. Facebook's not worth the time half the time anyway. But I do so. have an Instagram. It's the, uh, at dweston86. dweston86. Cool. And that's it for the episode. Thanks, everybody, for watching, and we will catch awesome. you next time. Thanks, guys. Take care. You too. That mouse is not connected. <laughs>